We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to Striking Gold, your 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Network. My name is Rob Lauder. I cover the 49ers for the fine folks here at Blue Wire. And joining me tonight, same as every other night, is my co-host, the man in charge of the absolute beast. That is Niners Nation, KP, Kyle Posey. Hello. How are you? How are you doing? I am lovely, Rob. It's here, man. It is here. No more. Well, we're not out of the woods yet, but no more 49ers or 49ers practice reports. Now we get to see them go against another team, which is a nice. This is this is our last weekend <laughs> until February. <laughs> how many how many tweets have you seen? No more football until the end of the Super Bowl. Like this is our last weekend. <laughs> First of all, go outside and get some friends, folks. But, I know, man. Yeah, no, it is cool. I'm, I'm excited. They're excited. Yeah. We're all excited. We I was excited. excited. I was excited to watch uh, Mac Jones play football. So that's why uh, I, I didn't get to life. see it because I had football stuff. Did you watch it? Was it was it okay? I did, and I thought it was hilarious because the announcers that it was the Patriots announcers, and he completed back to back throws that were I kid you not four yards, and he moved maybe maybe a yard combined and they were like going crazy <laughs> about his pocket you movement their mind just like oh it's a subtle things it's that nuance of climbing the pocket and I'm like <laughs> what <laughs> what are we doing here man and i hope he balls out i hope he plays well but oh man they uh they were on it for real so man, yeah, maybe that's the this- that's the excitement like that's that's what we're looking forward to I kind of have this weird dynamic towards Mac Jones now that they didn't pick him. Like it's like when before the draft, I was like, "Don't pick Mac Jones; that would be really stupid." Never really talked shit about Mac Jones, but I just thought the idea of picking him there was stupid. And now that they didn't pick him, they got Trey Lance. Everything's good. I'm kind of like rooting for Mac Jones to be good, just because me myself and everybody else was so down on him. It's like right. it's like I created my own underdog with Mac Jones, so. Uh, I hope he's good. It'll be cool to watch. But yeah, I can't wait for 
for Trey Lance to complete two passes, and everybody's like, yep, get Jimmy the fuck out of there. Send him somewhere else. We've got our quarterback. And he's got like six total yards. Jimmy could lead the first team to a touchdown in three plays. And if Trey Lance scores a touchdown on like a 15-play drive, people will be like, oh, it's time. Cut just Jimmy. Think of that, that Jeremy Piven gif where it's get the fuck oh, yeah. <laughs> Like that's going to be 49ers fans towards Jimmy Garoppolo if Trey Lance does anything cool. Yeah, they're going to go crazy. They're going to go full Gus Johnson, and I cannot wait for it. Yeah, the takes <laughs> are going to be wild. I know, and I'm not, and I'm definitely not saying to all of you out there that I won't be excited or happy if Trey Lance plays well. I'm not like that big of a grouch, but it will be funny. That's one of our notes on here is the reactions from this preseason game are going to be incredible. They're going to be incredible. But so basically, what we're going to do, I mean, we're already talking about it. We're going to talk the 49ers' first preseason game is this Saturday at Levi Stadium against the. Super Bowl losers losing Kansas City Chiefs. Obviously, we know what we did the year before that. Um, so we're just going to focus on that. What we're looking for, what we're hoping to see. Uh, you know, maybe kind of the things that we're expecting, players that aren't playing, um, stuff like that. But before we before we get there, um, uh, it would be prudent to let everybody know that the 49ers signed former first round safety, ha ha, Clinton Dix. Uh, I'm assuming that that is to kind of brace for the extended loss of Jaquiski Tart. Would you not agree? For sure. So Kyle Shannon made it sound like Tart's not returning anytime soon. And they had Tony Jefferson go down too with a groin and a hamstring strain, which, all right. Um, yeah, and they put him on injured reserve, right? Yeah, so, so they're going to yeah. have – so Tart's on the pup list and with Jefferson on the IR – now somebody has to play. So uh, enter Haha Clindix, which elite name. Even his actual name, Hashan Treshawn Clindix, is an elite name. So uh, get on the 49ers for signing a former Pro Bowler, and he is still somehow like 28 years old or 29 years old. So uh, we'll see what he has left. Obviously, he has to stay healthy, but that's really never been a problem for him. I think it's just. I'm being consistent, which I get it. Yeah, and I think he was on Key and Peele's little football name skit when they they threw in actual NFL players because there was one of them. Obviously, there were a couple of them where they made up the entire names. You know, Jack Marius Tack Theratrix, uh, LeCarpetron Duke Marriott, all the the big names. Um, Huglester Adunkachug, but there was one of them, a third one, where they made up new names and then they randomly threw in NFL players, and I'm pretty sure that Ha Ha Clinton Dix made the cut. Um, I think Tank Carradine made the cut. Ooh. Um, there was, there may have been another one, another 49er that I can't remember. But anyways, I, I digress. So yeah, they signed Ha Ha Clinton Dix. Um, we'll see. I mean, I don't really know what to expect from what to expect from him. I don't know if he's going to be in the competition to to start to play it's hard to say and really that kind of stems from the uh the big surprise that is Tavon Wilson right oh yeah oh yeah Cause, so because he's fit right in and you watched him even before Tony Jefferson went down the safety rotation was Jimmy Ward and Tavon Wilson and then the twos were a mix of Tony Jefferson and it was also Hufanga so um 
Tavon Wilson was going to be the guy when Tart went down, no matter what happened behind him. And I think everybody who has seen practice would agree that uh, Hufunga had outplayed Tony Jefferson. But both of those guys are not at the practice level as Tavon Wilson so far. And and that's one of the things I kind of want to see is, is what we are seeing from practice going to transfer over from guys like uh, Tavon Wilson, who has been very well. And it's not like he's been a superstar or anything, but he just doesn't make mistakes. And I think that's the biggest difference between the first and the second team where the safeties are letting guys run behind him. And that's just not the case with Tavon Wilson. So we'll see, man, because he has matched up even with George Kittle and he's done so, at a very high level, which you're not used to seeing. So um, he's earned it. And, you know, he's – I don't know if Clint Dix is going to challenge him, but maybe he can challenge being like a third safety or that extra DB down the line. Right. Just get on the roster, really. Right. I mean, whenever whenever you're signing a guy that, that it's, you know, middle of training camp and they're unsigned, then then the ultimate goal for them is just make the roster. You know, oh, yeah. they can, if they can get on a team – Secure that contract for hopefully the whole season. Take care of their family, all that good stuff. So you know that's obviously doesn't seem like Haha Clinton Dix would see the field, but at the same time, that's not necessarily his first priority. It would just be taking advantage of the fact that the Forty ers have a couple injuries there and making the team. So um, I guess so. Going from that, Kyle Shanahan spoke to the media today. Um, about the 49ers' upcoming preseason game against the Chiefs. And the, one of the first things he talked about was the playing time that is going to be given to the quarterbacks. Now, if you guys are avid listeners of the pod or routine listeners, you know that on the last one we kind of talked about how we would approach the their playing time in the preseason and, and how that playing time approach would kind of allude to Kyle Shanahan's frame of mind and how he views that quarterback competition and the way he he said it kind of gives us a pretty solid indicator that right now Jimmy Garoppolo is considered the starter I'm not going to say he's considered the starter by a wide margin I'm kind of like tempted to say that but Kyle Shanahan said that he plans on playing Jimmy Garoppolo and a lot of the starters for one drive um, on Saturday, you'll get one Jimmy Garoppolo and friends drive, and then it becomes the Trey Lance show who Kyle has said will play the entire rest of the first half and maybe into the third quarter, depending on just how things are going. So without me saying too much more, Kyle, what does that, what does that mean to you? What do you, what does, is it, is there anything more to be taken from it or is it, it is what it is? No, I think, so I guess my question would be, are the two mutually exclusive? So G- can Jimmy be the clear-cut starter, which I think he is at this point, and do the 49ers just want to see Trey Lance in action against a different color jersey where he is in a you know a situation where they can simulate where the defense – where he doesn't know what the defense uh, – what coverage the defense is going to be in and where he can actually get hit. So uh, th- I think seeing him for 30 plays was the number I believe Shannon said. And even if it isn't the rest of the first half and he doesn't get 30 plays, he'll come out for the third quarter – so he's going to play quite a bit. And, yeah, I think it's just about him gaining experience. And Shannon kind of talked about what he wants to see from commanding the huddle to playing with the game clock um, and, and that sort of thing. So I think just the live experience is what we'll, we should we should take away from that. And I think what else we need to figure out is, based on what Lance does in this game, does that lead to more first-team reps next week? 
now that obviously the fans can't be at practice anymore? Um, or is it going to stay and the same? Nor can the media, right? I don't believe so. So there are joint practices. And no, I think you're right. I think that the, it's just um, like 20 minutes and out or whatever, the yeah. stretching portion. So I think you're right there. I've never, I've never stayed. Uh, this is, this is if if I were at training camp, this right around now would have been when I always leave okay. uh, because the school year starts. So I've never known how much they were allowed to uh, keep going to or, um, but yeah, I mean, I do think it's a mix of Jimmy Garoppolo being ahead in the competition. Trey Trey Lance certainly hasn't taken the job from him, and just giving him reps. Like I don't know if you watched the first episode of Hard Knocks. Um, I did. It was but, a snoozer. Yeah, but I mean, you saw Dak Prescott kind of getting a little pissed. Like, hey, I've I've taken enough time off. Like, I'm ready to play. I don't need to give up these reps. Like, let's go. And and obviously, the Dallas Cowboys are going to see that completely different than he is because he's their investment. Kind of like uh, Michael Jordan when he, you know he broke his foot, and obviously he thought it was no big deal at all to get out there and play. And the entire ownership was like, uh, it's a big deal, okay? Right. Like, chill. So I could see both sides. But at this point, for bringing it back to Trey Lance, the reps don't necessarily all point towards who's winning because no matter what, even if Trey Lance was leading, he hasn't necessarily taken the job from Jimmy Garoppolo yet. He hasn't been getting a ton of first-team reps in practice. And he hasn't played football in like – or solid football, a season's worth of football for like over a year. You know, he had that one game, but I mean, what is that in the grand scheme of things? So he obviously needs reps. Kyle Shanahan wants to see how he reacts to these reps. Um, and it's just, uh, we'll see. But but we talked about that too, the whole first team rep thing. And, and my guess was that Trey Lance would not get, if he was going to start getting significant first team reps, it wasn't going to happen until after the first preseason game. Oh, yeah. Because he can get those first-team reps and no one's going to write about it. Exactly, man. Nobody's going to see it. Nobody's going to be able to see the type of plays they're running, if they are the same plays or if they are just these – I mean, I don't want to call them gadget plays, but gadget plays. So, uh, yeah, I, I think we'll see a lot more of this quote-unquote Lance package as the preseason goes on. But, um, yeah, I, I want to see a lot from him. And Kyle Chandler even talked about – how he deals with a pass rush because he did say like, he's going to pull the starters. And if you've been reading practice reports from literally any beat writer on hand, uh, they will tell you that he's been running for his life whenever he is behind the second team. OL. Um, obviously the 49ers pass backups are going to be better than the chiefs backups. You would hope anyway. So um, it, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how we get a chance to evaluate Lance. And if he's always on the move, if he's running, constantly um or if he just has a chance to protect himself and make plays so uh, it, it'll be fun man either way yeah it kind of goes into what we were talking about before we hit record is is you one you should temper your expectations for the whole team when it's the preseason or, or temper your reaction but at the same time it's it's going to be everybody's second nature to to really set in stone whatever Trey Lance does on Saturday when you need to take into account the fact that one, he's playing alongside second-team offensive linemen, second-team running backs, second-team receivers, and he's also going up against second-team players. So he could look like he's struggling because, you know, the players around him are outmatched, 
or it could look like he's dominating because he's going up against second teamers. And that's just, it's just context. I'm not definitely not telling anybody out there that you shouldn't be excited if Trey Lance just hits Trent Sherford on a 40 yard bomb and then he gets tackled at the 10 and then Trey Lance does a replay and then takes it in himself and scores. Like, be excited. It's fucking cool. But at the same time, you just got to. It'll be tough to know, especially with Jimmy Garoppolo only getting one drive. Yeah. It'll be tough to know how that preseason game contributes to the competition. So so I think the good news is Andy Reid said that the Chiefs starters are going to play a quarter. So if the 49ers have this three, five, whatever quick drive it is, four-minute drive, we're going to see Lance with the backups against the Chiefs <laughs> oh, starters. That's, that's even more so, fucked up. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be <laughs> – Yes, but as you as we're talking about um, when he does eventually go against the Chiefs backups, you can confirm your priors either way. If you think he should sit, um, just use that. And if you think he should start over Jimmy, just you know ignore the fact that he's going against backups and cite the stats that you want to. So um, either way, if you, you can confirm those priors, that's what the preseason is for. Use that to your advantage. I know, man. Confirm your bias. Yes. Do what you need to do to confirm your bias. Okay. Whatever you feel should happen, it's going to happen. It's kind of like Kyle Shanahan gave those press conferences about quarterbacks. And whether you were pro pro Jimmy or pro draft or whatever, he said something for you. So um, one last thing, kind of what we already alluded to, there's going to be a lot of starters out. Kyle Shanahan already said that Eric Armstead's not going, neither is Nick Bosa, neither is Jalen Hurd. Um, who made some plays in practice today, which is cool. Uh, and neither is D Ford. I'm sure there will be others that um, he said that some of them, there were, there were some that he left unnamed that he said some starters weren't going to play, um, whether it was injury concerned or just want, not wanting to risk it. So it's tough to know what exact, what the product's going to look like that we're going to get. Yeah, we're not going to see, for those hoping to see, you know, this vaunted 49ers defensive line. So Nick Bosa's not playing. Eric Armstead's not playing. D Ford's not playing. We're assuming uh, Samson's not too, right? Yeah, Samson Ebukam hasn't been in during team drills, so he's probably not playing. Um, the guy who's been backing them up when D Ford or uh, Ebukam isn't in, Arden Key, he, Shannon said he's going to be out for a couple days, which I assume means he's not going to play on Saturday. Um, so <laughs> there's pretty much the first four or five 49ers defensive linemen that you would think would be on the field are not going to play. And I don't even know if we see Javon Kinlaw uh, just because yeah, cause he's been off and on a practice. Yeah. Like there, he's not technically on the same type of maintenance plane as Bosa, but he's been in and out as well. So um, yeah, when you talk about the product, I, I don't know. Patrick Mahomes is probably going to look good because the pass rush is not going to be anything uh, that it would be during week one. So who knows what to expect, but uh, there will be plenty of opportunities for everybody else to, you know, get some shine. And I think that'll get good work, especially for the young corners. So if I was Kyle Shanahan, like if I were him, I'm not letting Jason Red see the field this week, at least. Emmanuel Mosley probably just because he was out with the COVID, but um, give give the young guys plenty of reps. Let them go against. Uh, imagine that Diamondor Lenore, Ambry Thomas. Here's Tyree Kill. Go get him. Right. 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 Yeah. It's, there's a few players that are like those 
crucial players that you really don't even want to step out onto the pre onto the field during the preseason. And, you know, it's unfair to sort of say that because it's football. At some point you have to get out there and play football. Right. They do it every day in practice. You know, they're not, they're exposed to a lot more football than I think uh, some fans think, you know, like the, when the preseason comes along, they're like, don't let them play when they've been doing football things all summer long. So, but to my point, Jason Verrett would be pretty high up there on the list of players that I would not want out on the field in preseason. I'm definitely not saying don't play him, but it's just one of those ones that you're kind of like standing on pins and needles. You know, when it comes to the yeah. things he does on the field, if Nick Bosa were playing in the preseason, you'd feel the same. Um, obviously it's a little different with the quarterbacks now that they kind of have two, but that obviously applies. Somebody like Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle, just some guys that you, you I'd really, say Hall, honestly, I'd, I'd probably say Jimmy. Like I understand having, letting Jimmy play a series or, and even the starters, but outside of that, I would not play them. And even like Fred Warner, like none of those guys are coming close to playing, you know, any more than 10 snaps. But um, the one reason I would, play Nick Bosa and Shannon said he's not going to join the team drills until after the second preseason game. So that means no chiefs, no joint practice against the chargers and no exhibition against the chargers, but he will play in the dress rehearsal, which is game three against the Raiders. The one reason I would let him play and, you know, get a few series is just to get in game shape just because he hasn't really practiced during team drills. Um, but other than that, I, I don't know why I would, because I'm, I'm putting him in bubble wrap, honestly, until week one. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need indeed. Right. Yeah. And that's kind of how I feel. I mean, I, 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 it's like I'm torn between my two ways of thinking about it. One, you know, they're going to play a shit ton of football during the regular season. So a little tiny bit more won't hurt. But at the same time, you know, it's the preseason. It means absolutely nothing. These guys are participating in training camp. They know what the hell they're doing. So why risk it? But so I, I can see both kind of schools of thought, but I lean towards the the why risk it this time around? Probably because, especially the past like three years, maybe four, if you look at it that way, I've considered the 49ers one of the better teams in the NFL. And in two of those years, they were just completely crushed by injuries. So it's like, do everything you can, whether it's superstitious or, you know, the odds are crazy, whatever, do whatever you can to just tilt those odds a little bit in your favor. I, I I don't care how and to what lengths the team goes to just get a little luckier in that regard because they've just gotten lambasted over the past few years. So, you know, it, it would be I would not blame them whatsoever if they were overly cautious with any player. 
Yeah, because he, he kind of talked about this last year when he he said that they were taking it easy on them in August, and and that wasn't I was I'm paraphrasing there, but um, he said they wanted to take it easy during training camp, and that led to more injuries. So it's it's kind of a catch twenty two, man, just because it is a contact sport, it is a physical sport. You want to get their bodies ready, but at the same time. You don't want to ruin their legs in early August, knowing that it's you know a four-month season from here on out. So, uh, it coaching is not easy, man. Just when it comes it's to managing. Not. Well, and really, the the ultimate problem is that football is a violent sport. Yeah, and most of the things you're doing in football are not even natural. Like you're not you're not even supposed to do that. Like, can we, can we talk about that? <laughs> In what because world, like not. in a, in the natural world, do you need to backpedal as fast as you can and then turn around as fast as you can and then run straight as fast as you can? And then, or if you're a receiver, run straight as fast as you can, then stop and go to the left real quick. It's like, I get it. Maybe you're running, you know, maybe the the tribes used to be running from a tiger or something and that would help. But it's like, you, just so many of the movements you do in football are unnatural. And that's why players get hurt all the time. Not to mention you fly at each other with, with uh, mean intentions at full speed. Yeah, I was going to say you're forgetting a big part of it is when you're running into somebody while running right. full speed. And it's not just like one person. So let's say linebacker runs full speed into running back. Maybe he bounces off. Teammate right behind linebacker comes in flying, <laughs> right. knees linebacker in the head. Linebacker has to get up and shake it off or else we're, <laughs> the fans are calling him soft because he took a knee to the head and can't stay in the game. These are like every down things that happen during a football game for every position, like the contact, the things that they go through, whether it's getting poked in the eye through the face mask or some dirty player pinching you down like on your ribs or on your side or whatever it may be. So, uh, yeah, the things that they go through on a down to down basis, man, is just pretty insane. You know what I've always wondered? Um, and I'm sure there's probably some some t- statistical data, data to to back this up, but. I thought I've seen or heard or read like that rugby doesn't have as many injuries as the NFL. Like the injury rate is actually lower in rugby despite it being just as violent. And I've always wondered, do the fact that they have pads on contribute to the fact that they get injured? You know, it it would seem opposite, but imagine, you know, if, if the football you were brought up playing, never included pads you would tackle completely different you would hit people completely different you know i'm sure that you know head injuries would probably be more common though so i I, i'm not saying this with any conviction i'm just saying like rugby's played in in shorts and a t-shirt and maybe their injury rate is lower i really don't know but i've always wondered if the fact that you feel so invincible in pads and it leads to the the collisions we see if they would actually be less injuries in some respects if pads if they played in less pads or it would just completely change the game but it, it just that's something I've always thought about like of course people are going to hit each other in full full speed when they're wearing armor right and the only know. the only thing that I would imagine for rugby players like they probably suffer more severe injury like the the concussion rate I imagine right is much yeah higher, that's but, the part that would scare me yeah. Is just playing football without a helmet, like full contact. Like, nope. <laughs> right. Um, okay, so let's get into. Sorry, we diverted there for a little bit. That's what we do here on Striking Gold. We find other shit to talk about. Welcome. So, <laughs> uh, so what do you look? What's what's one thing? The first thing, one thing that you are looking for uh, in this preseason game? Just something that you may maybe have already thought about that you just you want to see. 
So we we talked about a lot, just like the wide receiver three position, and Jalen Hurd is not going to play, and that means Trent Sherfield is probably going to play a lot. So it's been, and even if Debo and Ayuk aren't playing, we might see Sherfield or we will see Sherfield with Jimmy. So I want to see if his hype is justified because we are at Trent Taylor levels of hype for that guy. And I mean, training camp hype that is, but it's justified. And he's been making plays seemingly every practice. And it's not just your typical underneath routes. Like he's making plays down the field. So I want to see it translate to the game. I want to see Jimmy or Trey give him an opportunity down the field. I want to see him make plays after the catch. And even if it's on special teams, just making tackles. I just want to see Trent Sherfield run, essentially, is the best way to put it. Um, because he has looked very good. And they are going to rely on somebody to take that Kendrick Bourne role. And I don't think it's Muhammad Sanu. I guess the best way to put it is I don't think it would be Sanu on a game-to-game basis. Um, will it be Sanu early? Sure. Will it be Sanu in like December, January? I'm not so sure. And who knows if they can count on Jalen Hurd. So why not let it be Trent Sherfield? Because he's not, you know, this old guy. He's 25, 26 years old. Yeah, man, that's been a fun thing to just watch unfold. And I, and I wish I was there to see it, but at the same time, you've done a good job illustrating it. It's something we've heard uh, from multiple beat writers uh, from multiple angles. It's just the fact that it sounds like Trent Sherfield, outside of the obvious Brandon Ayukes and Debo Samuels, has been far and away the most consistent receiver in training camp. You're just constantly reading about him making big plays. And we're talking usually 15, 20 plus yards um, every time we're reading about him. He just seems like somebody that the quarterbacks are confident in targeting. He's getting open and he's making plays. And we, there's even been some uh, some highlights that we've seen come through the social media where he's getting up after the ball and out muscling people for it because he's not a he's not a small guy. If, if Antonio you guys... Brown, baby. Oh, God. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah, <laughs> just, just, just search it, Google it or something. It's out there, but I mean, he's six one, two 220 pounds. That's, I would say that's above average for a receiver. Okay. Um, he's a big dude. That's just a little bit shy of like Anquan Bolden size. So what about you? What are you looking for? Um, with me, I'm looking forward to the reactions. I'm not going to say overreactions cause I don't even know what they're going to be but they're probably going to be overreactions to Jimmy Garoppolo's one and only drive. Oh, the break. I mean, down. you get, you get one, you get one drive and that is what everybody for an entire week is going to base their newfound opinions on or reinforced opinions on Jimmy being great. Jimmy sucking ass. Uh, Kyle <laughs> Shanahan did say that he did say that there is, is a world where if it's a quick drive, a three and out or something, he'll probably send Jimmy back out there. Um, along with, I'm assuming, some of the starters, uh, if they don't really get any real work on that first drive. But that is probably the one thing I'm looking forward to most. Is One, I do want to see how Jimmy Garoppolo looks, uh, because by all accounts, he's had a pretty solid offseason. Um, nothing spectacular, but we also know that Jimmy's never been the best practice player. So, Yeah, he looks like Jimmy Garoppolo. I think he looks like a healthy guy who trusts his legs, which that does matter because he does look confident pulling the ball down and, and just buying time and maybe even hanging in the pocket more and keep his, keeping his eyes down. I feel like all of those have been positive things just when talking about Jimmy G. So, you know, I agree. But, you know, we're going to get like breakdowns of his six-play drive 
and <laughs> dissecting every Missed single this guy. throw. Yes. Oh, the screenshots. Not even like a video of it. It'll just be stills saying uh, he missed a wide receiver on the backside who is nowhere near uh, the play. Should have thrown right. it to him 50 yards across the field. And the cornerback has already left the coverage because Jimmy Garoppolo has already started to throw it the other way. So uh, missed him. Keep you that know, context but, to yourself. Yeah, it's – uh, now, and I do think something you mentioned there about his legs is is fair because I did always kind of feel and, – and keep in mind, I was just in favor of the 49ers drafting a quarterback as anybody else. Me and Crocker talked about it ad, ad nauseum. That was what we felt the 49ers should do. When's the next time you're going to be at 12? Trade up. Go get a guy. If, you, if one of the guys – if you feel great about one of the guys, go get him. Like, screw it. You're not – you know, these opportunities don't come that often for a team as good as the 49ers. That being said, I did feel like people were overly harsh, overly critical of Jimmy Garoppolo, um, maybe uh, brushed off his injury a bit too, I guess they say laissez-faire, like like it didn't mean anything. Like he was just being a bitch, and of course he's hurt. He could have played through it. People have played through injuries like that before. And then quit on the heard, team. Right, yeah, quit on the team. Like, But then you heard like somebody like Trent Williams, who's been there, done that, and had to advocate for himself before, basically say, like, dude, Jimmy Garoppolo's ankle, like, almost fell off. Like, it almost broke in half, just the severity of his high ankle sprain. Uh, he, they said it was just a couple inches from completely tearing. So, uh, and maybe maybe they said it less than a couple inches. I'm not sure. But that being said is, we don't even know after that first, the, the first healthy Jimmy Garoppolo we saw in week one wasn't that great against the Cardinals. He was just okay. Um and then after that, we saw a great first half against the Jets, and then that was really it, right? Yeah. So like, didn't he, he get hurt in the in the second half? He was really, really good against the Jets in that first half. But yeah, he had the ankle in the second in the second half, and then uh, when he came back against Miami, did not look good. Obviously, when he played against the, um, Seattle the first time, did not look good. So that's the last thing people remember, and I'm probably victim of just brushing it off too quick as far as his injury goes. So, Oh, me um, too, probably. It, but, it, I mean, there's a very real chance that, I mean, that was seriously hindering his ability to play quarterback. Like, I think there's no doubt about it. Just And when I, when I talk about standing in the pocket, when you know that you can barely stand on your ankle, like you can't put enough pressure on your ankle to, you know, plant off that foot or however you rotate, um, you're probably going to drop your eyes and fold quicker than – when you are hundred percent healthy, because now you can take off a little bit. Now you can um, just move, you know, you can slide in the pocket. So everything about, you know, being healthy with an ankle or having a healthy ankle playing quarterback in the pocket, in the NFL at the highest level, it definitely matters. So um, just the context is it's not easy. Yeah, no, it'll be cool to see how, if, if there is a, I guess I could kind of morph my, uh, the Jimmy Garoppolo takes one into and during his one drive or two, we'll see. Uh, will there be a noticeable difference between what we saw in limited fashion last season and what we're seeing on Saturday? I mean, that could be – that's something I'll be looking for. Um, what What about you, man? You got another one? Yeah, definitely. I think that I want to see – so we don't know who the third down running back is, and that's going to be a big deal because, you know, pass protection, of all the things that Raheem Mostert is good at, like pass protection isn't something, you know, that you would list near the top of things that Mostert excels at. So – are they going to put it on a rookie quarterback? So they're going to put a lot of trust or a rookie quarterback, a rookie running back. They have two. Um, 
Is it Trey Sermon? Is it Eliza Mitchell? Is it Wayne Gallman? Who knows? But uh, I want to see them, how they look in pass protection, if they're comfortable. And then if we see anything from them out of the backfield. So Elijah Mitchell did have a drop that led to an interception, but he's also faster than everybody else guarding him. So I would imagine he gets plenty of opportunities. They do run a ton of screens in practice, whether that's to Sermon or Gallman or Mitchell. So I want to see them actual actually run routes and not just those screens or swing passes. So I want to see the running backs just get involved in, you know, if, if they make a name for themselves, I, I imagine we, we probably won't see most of it either just because there's no real reason for him to play. So uh, we'll get a good look at Sermon behind the first team OL if that's the case, which is good. So, uh, yeah, I want to see those guys play. Yeah, I think that's fair. I just want to see what both look like, you know, at the NFL level. And and we know what the 49ers are capable of doing when it comes to evaluating talent at running back. And for them to draft one in the third round, I mean, that we're talking about a team that's been able to turn undrafted free agent running backs into solid players, um, or at least make them look solid on the, on their team. You're talking, you know, they must have a very high opinion of Trey Sermon. You're word and and you got to realize too they took him in the third round, and they probably had a significantly higher grade on him than where they took him. Oh yeah, I yeah. I agree with that. Just think about the team. Think about the name Shanahan. They're they're known for you know developing these undrafted free agent guys. Going back to Mike stays with the Broncos. So right for them to trade for a running back in the third round. Yeah, that's saying something, man. Where do yeah, you think they had him? Yeah, because the one that gave up the the two fourth rounders and turned him into a third, right? Yep. How okay. how do you think they maybe had like a second round grade on him? That's what that's what I guess. And and uh, this the kind of the way I described it was: you have this massive draft board, and obviously players start falling off of it. And the only way a team in the shape of the 49ers, with not a lot of needs, you know, but you had a couple positions you expected them to focus on, for them to to just be that convicted about a, uh, a, pay, a running back pick on day two and to trade all that to get him. I, I have to think that Trey Sermon was just sitting on that draft board all by himself, uh, way up the, up the list, you know? And, and yeah, I would, I would assume it was probably like a, a high to mid second round grade, you know? And at that point they were just like, how is this guy still here? Yeah. Do you really care about these fourth round picks? Nope. Okay. <laughs> So looked at who they've taken in the fourth round the previous four years or so, and like, nope, <laughs> let's go. It's not the fourth round. Get rid of those things. <laughs> okay, in third round. Right. Um. So yeah, I'm excited to see that. I would say my next one is we know as long as he's still healthy that Jason Verrett is is a Pro Bowl caliber corner. Could even be All Pro. Like he's just that good. If he's healthy, he's that good. There's no argument from me at all. Um, so we know Jason Verrett's that good. I just want to see how everyone plays behind him. I'm assuming Emmanuel Mosley is going to get some burn. You have, uh, Ken Webster, who's supposedly been solid. Uh, you have, um, Diamador Lenore, and then you have the, you know, the two rookies, Diamador Lenore and Ambry Thomas. Ambry Thomas has sounded like he's been pretty hit or miss. Uh, Demo seems like he's been the more solid of the two. Uh, but I don't know. I haven't been there to, to confirm that stuff. So I just want to see if any of those guys can stand out behind Jason Brett, who I'm not really expecting to play. Maybe very limited. I don't even know if Kwan Williams is going to play. And the guy they, they brought in to play behind him, B.W. Webb, 
he's more of a veteran guy. So there's not necessarily an unknown there. Right. Um, there's just a, an opportunity for one Emmanuel mostly to kind of cement himself, which it's from what I've read recently, it sounds like he's been playing well since he came back. And then you've got a couple of rookies that have an opportunity to be that next guy up. And it seems like just given the, the roster, they're probably going to get quite a bit of playing time. I was, I was just thinking that they might play the whole first half. So there's not a lot of cornerbacks on the team. So Dante Johnson, although he's not necessarily a starter, he's not necessarily a guy you need to play either. Like, yeah, you know what you're getting with him, right? Right. So, yeah. Yeah. I was just thinking about it. So if Mosley and Verrett, even if they do play, they're probably going to play one to two series. And that just leaves Dante Johnson. That leaves Ken Webster, who, like, these two are veterans. But after that, it's Lenore. It's so we have the BW Webb, obviously, who is who they're just playing as a slot cornerback. But it's Lenore Thomas, and then the guy they just signed, who Alexander Myrie's like I don't know who that is. That's the only other cornerback on the roster. So we're going to get a long, long look at the rookies, which is great. Like they need that work. They need to go against somebody else besides Ayuk and Samuel, so they're not getting toasted by those two. Um, it, which has happened a lot in practice, but that's what you would expect. Like these, these are day three picks. Um, if you expected those two to come in, you know, and, and look like a first rounder, you're you're just being naive. That's not fair to them. So uh, will they have to go against guys like Tyreek Hill? Sure. But um, the Chiefs have a bunch of speedy guys, and I think that's going to be good for them. So, yeah, I want to see if they can make any plays. That's that's a big one because that's cornerback depth does not look good right now. And, you know, God forbid anybody goes there, either the starters go down. You have to rely on a day three rookie. And you have championship aspirations. That is not okay. <laughs> right. Yeah, the 49ers would love for one of these corners to just do some shit that that's special, you know, that or that that opens some eyes because Manuel Mosley being solid, Jason Brett being out there, and then it's like pretty quiet room as far as who who's would be the next person to step up. So if they hit on one of those guys. It is a home run, I would say. And even if it's not, they're starting outside. If next year, Lenore Thomas, they're starting in place of K1, home run pick by either of them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You got any uh, anything else that, that you're kind of keeping an eye out for in the game? Yeah, Talona Hufunga. That's the only other one. Just because, you know, we talked about Tart, We talked about Jefferson. So... Again, Another person that should probably get a lot of playing time. Yeah, like there's not a lot of safeties on the roster. And the guys who are, they are either banged up or you kind of know what you have in them. So like Tavon Wilson, probably not going to play much because veteran. Same with Jimmy Ward. Uh, Tarverius Ward injured. Uh, Kai Nukai, I'm not even sure if I'm saying that right. Uh, <laughs> like he, he wears 43. So we what do we need to see from him? <laughs> so you have Hufanga and you have Jared Maiden who – Essentially, outside of Haha Clinton Dix, like those are the only two guys that you really want to see because the only other safety, quote unquote, on the roster is Marcel Harris, who is moonlighting as a linebacker. So, um, yeah, he's going to play a lot and he's been making plays lately, though. Like this past week, um, just like from Thursday to Thursday, he's been really, really good. And that's encouraging. And I guess he had a pick where he picked off Rosen and, you know, D'Amico Ryans was jumping up and down. Like they were going crazy because it happened when he was a free safety, which you're not used to seeing. So we'll see, man. We'll see if he can uh, if he can do that against a guy like Mahomes and not uh, – even if he does go against Mahomes and, and not the legend of Josh Rosen. So 
<laughs> Such a legend. <laughs> I think uh, Hufanga is a fun player, though. And uh, That's what I was we'll just going to say. That. He seems like a dude that everybody's going to love. Yeah. I don't know how good he will or will not be, but he just seems like a guy that everybody likes. Let me ask you this. Who is going to get overhyped after this game? Ooh, just anybody on the team. Anybody on the roster. Um, I'm going to look at backup pass rushers. <laughs> Ooh, yes. Um, I don't know, man. I don't, we don't even know if Arden Key's going to play, so that's kind of a tough one, too. It, yeah. If that's your answer, it's probably Maurice Harris. Yeah, that could be one because, I mean, you're talking about a guy that has a name that may not even make the roster. You know, like he's – He's been he's by all accounts he's had a pretty good camp, but the D line is just absolutely stacked. So, it, just because you get cut, there's a good chance that like two or three of the 49ers defensive linemen that are at camp right now that get cut just immediately get signed by another team. There, if they get cut on a Saturday, they're probably going to get signed on Sunday. Like that, yeah, right. th- it really is that deep. Like guys like Hurst, like you mentioned. Um, if what are they going to do with Jordan Willis? Who I you know he's suspended for six weeks, but how are they going to? Are they going to keep him on the roster? So Right, yeah, um, I forgot about that. Even Arden um, Key. I don't know. I don't know. I'm still going with your overreact question. I, mean, I guess that would probably be my answer, Some something like that. Can, I think it's going to be one of the receivers. Whether It it, it may not be Sherfield. Uh, it could be Austin Watkins probably feels like. Yeah, that's a good one. That's yeah. a good one. River Craycraft just racks up 180 yards. <laughs> that would be amazing if he housed the Get him as a starter. Like, just rotate him in with Debo. Like, I don't get it. <laughs> um, well, let's let's rattle through those those questions that we wrote down here, those kind of goofy uh, prop bet questions. All right, I'll, I'll just ask you, and then I'll give my answer afterwards. Let's do it. Um, will Trey Lance complete a deep pass? Yes, because he will he will attempt enough where he does complete one. Yes. On that note, will Jimmy Garoppolo attempt a deep pass? <laughs> um, yes, if he gets too serious, yes. Okay, yeah, and I and I, I would have said yes to both of those. But if Jimmy only gets one series, I think my answer changes to no. Mm-hmm. So, so like I mean, for context, they played. I believe it were it was the Broncos, um, the first game in 2019. Since obviously there was no preseason last year, and he they went back. The starters went back out. And got another series, and that ended up being like ten or eleven plays. So that could very well happen, and Jimmy's just going to let it loose. So that's what—that's my prediction. Okay, who will be? And it could be anybody. Maybe I guess maybe we kind of just asked that question, but who was going to be your Week One MVP? Austin Watkins Jr. slash Jawan Jennings, one of okay. the two receivers. One of the two. Okay. Um, and I want to try everybody. and come up with something to complement that, but. It seems like it's always receivers. Yeah. And I don't want to go with like Elijah Mitchell because he like seems like he's going to make the roster anyways. You know, like I'm going to go with hmm, this is tough. I'm going to go back to Jermichael Hasty. Oh, yeah. Because he got that little bit of hype at the end of last season. Didn't ever necessarily really produce, but I could see him getting quite a bit of playing time, kind of like a third and fourth quarter thing. Um, or like a, a complete fourth quarter and just like looking really good and everybody just being like, are we sure we need Elijah Mitchell? Are we sure we need Trey Sermon? Because uh, Hasty looks so damn good. <laughs> Hasty's like fumbles every day in practice, <laughs> <laughs> which means he's going to break a run, like 80-yard run, yeah. and like he's going to have the greatest game ever. But no, that's a good one because 
he is kind of under the radar and he's got an uphill battle to uh to make the team but 100% yep this would be the game like uh, if you have an opportunity in a game like that's where you're going to make your uh put your name back on the map uh who scores the first touchdown ooh who scores the first touchdown Richie James okay i'm going to go with Trey Sermon easy answer good one yeah, I was looking right at him, and I'm like, this bitch <laughs> is going to take my answer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I and mean, if I couldn't pick Trey Sermon, I probably would have picked Trent Sherfield. He's going to have like 27 targets, watch. <laughs> I know. He's going to play like three quarters. Yes. He's like yes. That, in that precarious position of making the roster but not being a bona fide starter. So they're like, let's just keep him out there so every quarterback has somebody good to throw to. <laughs> The dude's just going to be completely gassed. Oh, it'd be amazing. Yeah, yeah. Well, all right, man. You got anything else? Did we, did we leave anything? Anything else up in that brain of yours? No, man, that should do it. I do you think the 49ers to... are going to win? <laughs> I should bet on this game. <laughs> <laughs> um, Man, nobody will remember the score. I, I just <laughs> – I cannot wait to overreact, though. If the 49ers lose, can they still make the playoffs this year? 23 and no. No, (laughs) no, it's uh, they only have three games. So, oh man. Yeah, what is what is if the 49ers went legitimately undefeated this year with preseason? Is that what it would be? Um, so you have 17 games now, three games, so uh, 20. Yeah, you get the first round by, and then you'd have the two playoff games and the Super Bowl. So, yeah. It would be 23-0. and 0. Well, here we go, baby. It starts now. It, it starts, starts now. now. If if they don't come away with the win, then 22-1 and 1 is acceptable. So <laughs> I would still be impressed with that. But, hey, that's another pod. I appreciate everybody who's still listening because you're great. And you listen to the whole episode. 47 minutes of, of me and KP is something special. So, I appreciate everybody out there, man. At this point, Striking Gold's been around for for quite some time, you know. And before that, it was the Kevin Jones podcast. And so, if you have been listening, going all the way back to that point where you were listening to Kevin, you were here when me and Croc took over. Now you're here when me and KP are doing our thing. So, if you've been around that long, I really appreciate you. Or if you're just showing up, stick around. Come for the uh, come for the random topics, the deviations, the non 49ers things. But then just stick around for the 49ers stuff. But uh, I'm excited. We get football on. We have football now. There's preseason football on while we're recording this. We make sacrifices for striking gold. And uh, we get the 49ers football on Saturday. And this is the last weekend without football. And, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean. You know what I mean. Hey, I appreciate you guys. Make sure you're rating, reviewing, subscribing, downloading, all that stuff that looks good on the spreadsheet so we can keep doing our damn thing. Um, but hey, you know what it is. We will see you probably first thing next week uh, on Monday, recapping the 49ers' first preseason game. I cannot wait to actually talk about football things. Um, Appreciate you. That's KP. I'm Rob. This is Striking Gold. We're signing out. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts 
so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.